and welcome to another episode of the Semicast. Today, it's Royal Rumble Day, which is probably not something that we're going to be talking about, but I figured it's worth mentioning. Uh, my name is David Shack, and I'm here, as always, with Anthony Murphy. How are you? I'm not too bad. How are you doing? I am okay. I've watched a bit of the Rumble, but not the actual Rumble itself. I started watching a couple of matches tonight, haven't really finished it, so I can't really speak too much about it. Just thought it was... I don't even know who's in it. There was um, Kevin Owens. He was oh, yes. He was fighting um, Roman Reigns, who are they constantly trying to push as the face of the company, but I don't think are anyone's Are they still trying it. to do that? Yeah, I think they are. They're, he's still... He's getting more booze than the heels, and they're still trying to push him as a face. Unless that was Vince's plan all along. Or to just try and make him a heel face. Yeah. Could be. But make him a heel by making him the face that nobody likes. Yeah, true. I mean, that's kind of happened. That's what happened to, to the Rock originally. He came in as a mm. super face, and everyone booed him, and then he came back as the Rock. And mm. the rest is kind of the Rock history. But um, They need to push screaming Norman Smiley. They need to get someone like what they used to have back in the day because that was when it was good. I've constantly revisiting old Stone Cold Steve Austin bits where he's not even been a badass. He's been dumb and they're some of the funniest wrestling moments that I think I've seen. You, um, Oh, I watched the one where he gives Kurt Angle the tiny cowboy hat. That was yes. pretty funny. Yes. Him and Kurt Angle made um, a really good comic duo. Yes. But, um, if only they both hadn't had all those problems. Yeah, well, I think, yeah, yes, yeah, well. Um, your favourite's back, Chris Jericho. He's um, yes. he's Kevin Owens' best friend, and he the Ayatollah of rock and roller. He is, and he's playing up the Ayatollah of rock and roller. He was accompanying um, Kevin Owens to the ring, and Chris Jericho had two scarves on because I think he's just playing. <laughs> <laughs> it was like one that was wrapped around, and then just a really long one that was flowing down. Do we think this is because Chris Jericho is starting to get past his wrestling prime? Although I guess there's people a lot older than him still wrestling. No, I think he's still actively wrestling. He's not just being a manager. He's in the ring taking bumps, dealing out damage. And then, and then in that case, do they have him there because they don't have anyone who can really work the microphone at the moment? Yeah, I think he's pretty much, again, probably the best guy on the mic. I mean, there there are a couple of new guys coming. Like Kevin Owens pretty good and Enzo and Cass. I'm not sure if you've seen those. Like yep. two kind of Brooklyn guys. Enzo's really good on their mic, but they're doing weird shit with him now. Um, oh, they, they're going uh, st- the uh, Stardust route, are they? Not exactly the same, but the bit I saw in the Rumble, like he was dressed up like he was going out on a date and he was doing this thing with Cass and it turns out that it was an ad for KFC Chicken because he was going out on a date with Chicken. Right. Yep, see that pause? Exact moment of pause. That's how much time I kind of looked at it and went, "Yep, right." Just it, like the Perry Satin Moppy incident. Yeah, that was apparently because Perry Satin had done something bad backstage, or mm. you know, the locker room jury, and he ended up getting buried. Mm, are they uh, are they sure that uh, Enzo didn't do something bad backstage? I don't know. He was well, I mean, to a he, certain extent Cody Rhodes as well. <laughs> yeah, well, Cody Rhodes is no longer there, but that's probably better for him. Mm. Anyway, there's more of the Rumble to watch. Hopefully, the Rumble itself has some interesting people come in. Generally, they get an old guy to come in and uh, a nice return or a return from injury, but I don't know. We'll My see wife how that- would not be interested unless Stephen Amar was there again. Stephen Amar or um, Ray Mysterio Jr., which I don't think he's going to be there because I think he was happy to get out of his contract. Oh, that's good. He's back, back down, wrestling down Mexico way, is he? I think he's actually wrestling in Lucha Underground. 
which is oh, the okay. the Mexican wrestling promotion that's on TV, but they kind of run it in series, and it's almost like it's a a series TV where they will have an arc of a story, and it's really played like a TV show. Do they come in and Rey Mysterio is eating breakfast with his mask on, they and could. then his wife comes in and says she's having an affair? I I don't doubt that that type of shit would happen because I think they're trying right. to distance themselves from the WWE. But I think he's actually over his in all of his injuries now, or as much of he can be over his injuries from a lifetime of jumping off the top rope onto people and doing all the shit that he used to do. Yeah, well, that's what they need is to, I guess, distance their product from the WWE. Yeah. I mean, that's what ECW succeeded, I guess, because it didn't get involved in all of that sort of trying to be the better sort of polished wrestling promotion. Yeah. And and I think running it as a series, they don't wear out the guys there anyway. Like, they're not forced to work 365 days a year. They can just kind of ah. they, they like work for a couple of months and they have time off. I think Vampiro's in Lucha Underground as well. Awesome. Is La, La Parker there as well? Probably. I'm actually, I, I, I want to see if I can get a copy of some of the episodes to watch because it's definitely not on the WWE Network. We should totally do that and we should do like a Mystery Science Theatre 3000 voiceover and put it on the site. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, I suppose Lucha Underground might have less of a chance of suing us than Vince McMahon. Mm. Well, if we only take sort of certain parts of it, we're not going to put a whole episode up. No, we'll just do a match. Yeah. Or we could do New Japan Wrestling because then we would have zero idea what's going on. Oh, I would have a little bit. You and I both speak a, a small bit of Japanese. We would understand <laughs> some I words. I could tell when they're counting one, two, three. Yep. You could also tell when they're asking the other person what their name is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and answering the phone. That's the only greeting that, that yes. I know. I can only ever greet a Japanese person if they call me because then I could right. say, moshi moshi. Yeah. You can just hand them a phone whenever you see them. And <laughs> hopefully they get the idea. So, no, no, no. I need to call you. We can't talk in person. Speaking of Japanese stuff, I've been playing Ghost Trick Phantom Detective on the train. Oh yeah, I've actually got that on the phone. I think I've got, mm. but um, I didn't really play it that much because I just I never... bought it for the DS when it came out. Oh, cool! Which goes to show you how long it's been since I've played any sort of handheld. Yeah, do you um, still have your big fat DS, the big uh, original I still have one? My big fat DS. I'm very self conscious bringing it out on the uh, train. <laughs> I didn't realize until looking at it that it has very small screens. Yeah, it does. I mean, when you compare mm. it to the 3DS, it's definitely got tiny screens. Mm. I don't think I've got the money or the inclination to invest in a new handheld. We'll see how this goes. Yeah, Things go I'm in not- cycles for me. Sometimes I read, sometimes I play games, sometimes I browse the internet on the train. Yeah, don't get locked into one thing. No. How was Ghost Trip? Uh, well, it's okay. Um, it can be a little bit frustrating at times. I mean, I guess that's its thing. It's supposed to be a... You have to restart this over and pay attention to what happened last time. But um, That's the game yeah, where you it- can change what happened in the scene because you're a ghost and then you have to kind of solve crimes by changing what happens. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to intervene at the right times. You can possess things. Yeah. Like possess possess an umbrella to open it or possess a wrecking ball to drop it on somebody. Things like yeah. that. I think I played the first couple of missions on the phone and it seemed to control really good on the phone. So. Hmm. Well, it's kind of built for that touch and drag interface, so I guess, um, yeah, you know, it's a match made in heaven for, already for for uh, mobile games. Yeah, I was thinking today that uh, Pit Cross 3D would would transition really well because it is only it's just a stylus game. I don't think you, the buttons even do anything. Is it owned by Nintendo? Yeah, it is. Well, they they might have some trouble there. They've, well, they've released one game, the Mario Runner. 
Yeah, and I think it's Fire Emblem is next. I think they're bringing something, oh, okay. something Fire Emblem-y turn-based thing to the iPhone, but probably in some special way. that, that They don't seem to kind of take a game that's on the 3DS and just bring it wholeheartedly across. It doesn't seem like that's their plan. That's the only thing that's like leading me slightly towards the 3DS would be the, one of the Fire Emblem games is getting into that deep tactics sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. I miss Final Fantasy Tactics. I played a lot of that on yeah. the SP. You've still got an SP, though. You can play it anytime you want. I can. Can indeed. Uh, I, I, I never really played the original PlayStation version. I should track that down because that was a really yeah. fun game. I do mm-hmm. have Fire Emblem Maybe. around here somewhere. Maybe we can post it on the site. If I can figure out a way to get video out of my 3DS. Or sure. video. Oh, no, I was talking about uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I've got my PS1 around here somewhere. Hmm. The first PS1 I ever got, it was never not not modded. You bought it modded? A guy, a guy, yeah, a guy at work organised them for us one Christmas and it just showed up like modded, still in its box, but with a bunch of burnt CDs games. <laughs> All completely above board. Yeah, and then I eventually got around to buying sort of regular games for it. Yeah, I bought mine, would have been maybe 96 from The Good Guys mm. and, I, and my first game was Tekken. And I thought that was really cool because it was like a 3D fighter. Amazing. Mm. I think I only bought two games for it, Metal Gear Solid and two copies of Silent Hill 1. That's a good use of the money. Like two copies yep, of just, Silent just, Hill 1 is great. Just because Silent Hill's awesome, that's all. That's or how was, it's still or was it. awesome. It's still awesome, isn't it? If you played it again, it'd still be no, awesome. No, but the later, ga- later games are completely not awesome. But you know what is awesome in a Silent Hill way? Yeah. Resident Evil 7's awesome. Oh, because you've played that this week. You put I saw mm. something up on the site where you'd played it some is. stuff. How was it? It's really unsettling. In a way, kind of like Rob Zombie, House of a Thousand Corpses, kind of like an old Tobe Hooper movie, but sort of modern at the same time, but not modern in the way that it just looks looks like too modern and too slick. Yeah, so what's your yeah, experience it's... with the Resident Evil series, because I've only really played the remake of Resident Evil 1 on the GameCube, and then I thought, this is a really good game, and then I just never played any of the other ones. So my first one was Resident Evil 2. Uh, Cameron Mm -hmm. showed me that, and then I think I went and bought it on PC after that. I've still got the CDs for it around. Resident Evil 2 came out on the PC, believe it or not. Um, Oh, wow. And then uh, I think... I left it alone until the remake came out on the GameCube, which I played all the way through and finished. And then I, on the on the sort of the shoulders of that, I got Resident Evil Zero, which is a prequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got three quarters of the way through that, and then the game broke in a way that I couldn't finish it. It's an actual bug <laughs> in the game, so I left that. Well done, Capcom. Mm. Uh, and then I may have just flitted in and out. Of like going back and checking out Code Veronica and stuff like that, but not really ever like maybe like renting them from video stores and things like that, but never actually yeah. sort of finishing them. Uh, then the next one I bought was Resident Evil 4 on the GameCube. I think I remember watching you play some of that. Yeah, and I got uh, probably halfway through that before losing interest. Mm. Then I think I bought it again on the Wii and hardly played it at all. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Just because it seemed like the Wii controls would be a good fit. Um, and? And oh, they, yeah, yeah, they they were. It's just they were more interesting games to play at the time. Was it five that uh, also came out on the Wii with motion control? Or was uh, am I thinking of something else? Five was PlayStation Three, I think. Okay, 
and Xbox. Yeah. Uh, so then I played, um, well, then actually then I didn't play anything. I w- always wanted to get five, but it was always too expensive. It was sort of co-op focused, so I never got it. And then six came out and it was terrible by all accounts from everyone else. Yeah. Uh, and then seven came out and I was looking at it. I saw a, a screenshot from it more than anything, not even a trailer. And I thought, well, that, that looks awesome. So I bought it uh, and I went in completely blind, not knowing what I was getting myself in for. And it's good. Um, is it? Is it? Is it oh, good yeah. in a Silent Hill way? It's good. In a, it's like it borrows from that PT thing. Well, they actually say that it was in development before PT, but it seems to borrow spe- very specifically from that PT teaser that came out on PlayStation Three, which was going to be the Hideo Kojima Silent Hill game. Yep. But yeah, I reckon I've gone about forty minutes. I haven't. There's not been nothing for me to fight or do anything. It's just really, really unsettling and. You sort of play it for half an hour and then hope that a save point's coming up because you can't play for much longer because you just don't feel that you can push on through what's sort of happening around you. Yes, it, it does auto save as well. So yeah, I think that's what they do really well in those games is not the actual combat, but the potential that you are going to be in combat eventually. Even if they don't do anything, mm. that's way more unsettling than throwing a monster in you. And that's what always kind of freaks me out. And I've never really been super into the horror genre i never played any of the um amnesia games mm. even though that you keep saying i should play the amnesia games because you want to scare the crap yep. out of me mm-hmm. um i even haven't played yet i need to go down a well of playing horror games because i also haven't played the aliens game the um oh yeah alien Iso- isolation yeah yeah no that's well well scary that game <laughs> maybe i should do like david plays the horror games and see what happens because that'll be fun. Put a video camera on you while we're doing it. Yeah. One of those um, infrared ones so it looks weird and kind of creepy. Mm. I jump back into Fallout 4 as well. That's still a very average game. It hobbles itself on the user interface side on the PC. You can only see maybe three or four, let's say six items in your inventory when you're trying to mod them. So if you've got a whole bunch of guns because you're overweight and you want to break some of them down, comparing a couple of them to see which gun's better is very difficult. You're jumping back and forwards and scrolling up and down, and eventually it just becomes too much, and you shelve it. So sort it's been consoleized, like Borderlands Two was consoleized because that had yeah. felt like that that interface had been. I mean, it was probably better than Borderlands One because I think that was very much a port back to the PC, from what I can remember. And yeah, Borderlands One I think still think was a better game. Um, oh yeah, it was completely a better game. Yeah, I begrudgingly finished Borderlands Two. I just felt the game. Was just talking at me the whole time, talking at me, yeah. you know, talking at me while I was trying to fight, talking at me while I was trying to do other things, and I never listened to any of it. And so it just became, "Can you please shut up so I can do the thing I'm trying to do?" And then maybe talk to me later. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. I just thought the writing in Borderlands Two wasn't as strong as Borderlands One. I mean, Borderlands One was interesting. Borderlands Two was a sort of a by the numbers revenge sort of plot, I guess. Yeah, and they kind of also um, knew what they had then, so they became a little bit too self-aware. Yeah, and they're sort of in, injecting internet memes and things like that. Yeah. It sort of gets very self-referential and very unfunny very quickly at that point. Yes, that was um, that was my experience with Borderland 2. Yeah. yeah, and I didn't like how they had taken the characters that you had control of in the first game and turned them into NPCs, because you had, like, Borderlands 1 was, wasn't a short game. So you had control of one of those characters for 30 or so hours. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're in this other game doing and saying things that they wouldn't have done under your control. 
Yeah. It sort of just just sort of felt like a bit of a, a sort of a split in your in your brain when when you tried to reconcile it. Yeah, more than anything, I kind of wanted the congruency between the first and the second game with my character. Did you look up congruency then? I knew what congruency means. Yeah, okay. I know word things. <laughs> you know words. Yeah, they're those um, things that look like numbers. Yeah, so I played some Fallout 4 and sort of got into it for a day or so and then left it. Uh, and then I got well into The Witness. Like, we're talking I'd solved 80-odd puzzles and... <laughs> A day later, I'd solved 187 or something. Oh, wow. Okay. Like that. Yeah. It turns out that the reward for solving puzzles in The Witness is more puzzles. Well, then that must be fine because <laughs> you must like them if you're solving the puzzles. Yeah. We have well, an endless supply of puzzles, sir. Please, you can have well, some more. Well, six, 600 odd if um, my reading about the, what happens in the game is correct. Okay. Um, Do you know how many you've not sold? Not all of them. 187 or 88. You've got plenty of time. You've got plenty more to go. Yeah. We've got buckets of puzzles. Um, it got to the point where I was cutting out pieces of paper in the sh- in Tetris shapes out of graph paper and trying to align them on a grid in different ways to figure out how one of the puzzles was supposed to work. I have a sketchbook that looks like the writings of the Zodiac Killer or something like that because it's just symbols and this and that and arrows pointing to things. And- yeah, you know it's a great game when it you are forced to get a piece of paper and actually do some physical writing rather than it just mm. kind of handing everything to you on a plate so you can just reference it back. Yeah, no, this... I found that a, a bunch of times... Um, like my wife doesn't want to play this game, but uh, I'll be frustrated and she'll say, well, what's the, what's the puzzle? And I will explain the puzzle to her. And in explaining it to her, I figure out what I've done wrong. Yeah. Often that's just what you need. You need just yeah, you to bounce just it off somebody. Yeah, Yep. And then you go, oh, yeah, but I need to put the thing. Ah, ah. I know what I did wrong. Yeah. I'll be back. Yeah, these Tetra shapes can actually be rotated, and that's how yeah. I can fit that shape in there. Uh, so everything in that game is important. Like, if you see some trees and some trees are cut down and some trees aren't, that's going to show up in a puzzle. That'll be important later on. <laughs> you, you You can't take anything for granted. Um, but the second you think you've learned the rules, they go and add something new or change them. And so there's a bit of a ha 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 fuck you there, <laughs> because oh, then you, you have to figure, figure it out. out how do you? Ch- <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that. They have one at, at the risk of some very very slight spoilers for the for the witness. They have a set of puzzles that involves you tracing Tetris shapes, um, but then in another puzzle, they uh, change it slightly so that you can then rotate and move those shapes around a little bit, and you have to figure out what the rules are for being able to rotate and move them uh, around. Yeah. I do also forget the solution to puzzles um, sometimes within the space of two or three minutes because there are bridges that can be extended and retracted and rotated and you have to solve a quick puzzle to do that. And then if you want to extend the bridge somewhere else, you have to solve the puzzle in a different way and I'll walk back and have forgotten completely how to do that puzzle. I've started taking screenshots. So basically everything's a puzzle. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd hate to live in that world. I'm just going to go down the coffee store, but I've got to fuck, I've got to open the door, but that's a puzzle, mm-hmm. and that'll take an hour. Yep. And then I've got to get in the car, and then starting that's a puzzle, and then driving. The roads changed since last time, and now they've taken the menu off the coffee board. And fuck, give me damn yep, coffee! Oh, well, it's a very beautiful game. It's got a, a real awesome sort of soft shaded painted look to it, and I'll be damned if I know how they how they did it. I've tried to replicate the way it looks in 3D modeling programs and things like mm. that, but uh, it looks it looks absolutely fantastic. Lots of layers of 
shaders. Hmm. There might be a um, a video coming up on the site as well. Of the Witness, to... or are you trying to recreate the art style from the Witness? In <laughs> probably both. It, it's a video um, of the Witness where I try to show you some puzzles, but then try to spoil as few of them as possible. Cool. So you don't want your forty dollars back from Jonathan Blow? If I'm going to reference not, an earlier podcast want, we did, I do not want my forty dollars. Well, actually, I got it for half price. I got it for twenty, so I don't want that back from Jonathan Blow. I Just actually went into 20. the game. I I bought it almost a year after it came out because I kept looking at it and I said $40 for a puzzle game that's ridiculous um, I'll wait till it goes on sale and I waited till it goes on sale and now that I've seen how many puzzles are in there and how much time it takes and sort of how deep he takes like a simple puzzle mechanic and then just twists it until it's something completely different like it's it's worth $40 okay right I should be I should be sending an extra $20 to Jonathan Blue yeah I think so I think that's something that you should do not a lot of people have ever gotten something really cheap and then went, you know what, this is actually worth more money. I'll tell you what, if we go to PAX or someplace like that and Jonathan Blow is there, we will go out of our way for me to give him $20. <laughs> I did actually say that The Witcher was on some crazy sale this week for like $9 and mm. I was I thought I should get that and then I forgot and now it's not on sale anymore. So maybe I should buy the first, it The price. first Witcher or The Witcher 3? Oh, did I say The Witcher? I don't know. You said you you said the witness, didn't you? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. No, you you meant the witness, but you said the Witcher. Words came out of my mouth. It had started yeah. with a W, and maybe I meant the witness. That that was I think on it's sale. Still cheap. on sale, isn't it? I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm just going to wait till it's not on sale and buy it for forty bucks. Right. Okay. Is that all you've been doing? Just uh, Resident Evil and the Witness, a bit of Fallout yeah. Four fuckery, and some Train Time gaming. Yes, that's it. Okay. How about you? Uh, I've been playing Diablo 3. I I started last week and I kind of got, I think I got an act in and I was like, yeah, I'm, it was kind of hitting those things in my memory where so I remember playing stuff like this. It's like a really, it's like a loot game and you hit things and then you get better loot. And then I suddenly became really, really addicted to that again. And I finished the whole game this week. So I finished oh, okay. Act 5. Um, although I found that the game was seemed to be really easy, like almost trivi- trivially easy in most of the battles, and I was cranking up the difficulty. I think I I went, I started on normal. No, I think I started on easy because I thought, oh, well, you know, I, I just want to have a little bit of a look, and that was way easy, so I pumped it up to normal, and then I pumped it up to master, and I played through most of the game on master, and even on the level of master, that game is really easy. A lot of the times someone would come in and ask me a question and I would just look away from the screen, hold down the attack button and and have a 30-second conversation with that person and not be in any danger of dying. I think the third boss fight, I only considered maybe I should hit a health potion now, perhaps, or, or I could just roll out of the way once. Like it, It's actually got this really cool roll mechanic where you just flick the button and you roll in that direction and I didn't really use it that often. I only would use it kind of on a couple of the later bosses because they would drop some area of effect damage that would start to tick away a little bit concerningly mm. if I was standing in it for too long. So I actually, yeah, so I I finished it and it took a while, but I didn't find it that difficult at all. And I think, and it's not because I'm good at the game, I think it's just the way the game is. But I did, mm. I ended up on Act 5, I did push it up to Master, I think it was. And... um. That just made all of the trash I had to get through take longer. It didn't make yep. the game more interesting. I was, I was still in no danger of dying, 
but the things just took longer to die. So I just dropped it back to um, expert and then just finished the game. It was it was yeah. an interesting game, you know. I fought Diablo, fought a bunch of other things, and it does have multiplayer, but I haven't tried any of that. It does have adventure mode, I think it is, but I haven't tried any of that. I'm not sure whether I'll kind of too much go back to it. I've got a almost a full set of legendary gear, and I've just kind of socketed it all, and I've got a heap of cash. I like I was never in like wanting for equipment or wanting for gold or wanting for anything in that game. It was just okay, one thing, go to this thing, go, yep, wade my way through a bunch of demons and then come back and do do the same thing again. I mean, it was fun and all, but I just didn't find it challenging. Yeah, well, I had a similar problem with Marvel Heroes and you eventually just end up, like, teleporting past all the trash because there's no point. It just drops a whole bunch of greys. Yeah. And you can't be bothered sorting through all the stuff that it drops because you've got limited inventory space. Yeah, well, I was doing that in the last mission. I was just, oh, there's all this stuff in my way. I'm just going to run around you guys because you're not going to hurt me. Mm. And then they would just stop chasing me after a while. So I ended up just, I could have probably got an extra couple levels. I think I ended up like level 55, level 57 or so. So quite high, but just nothing really bothered me. It was we just, have a hot scoop. Yes. The Witness is still on sale. Oh, awesome. Um, we should buy it for your wife and just not say anything about it. She does <laughs> love a puzzle game. <laughs> She'd really like it, actually. She'd really like it or really hate it because it's just yeah. so many puzzles. <laughs> we should get it. We just have to think of the right obtuse thing to write in the Steam gift. Um, <laughs> we heard you um, like puzzles. Here is one or two. Or 600. I would also like to point out that on sale is Lucy, The Eternity She Wished For, which is a $5 anime visual novel game. Has that got puzzles in it? No, but the reviews are overwhelmingly positive. Oh, okay. Is the only puzzle the- in that <laughs> game, why did you buy that game? <laughs> no, well. If there was a robot that could laugh, cry, and smile, does it have a soul? No. What about if it took a soul off somebody else? Well, that would they'd just have a soul in a jar and go, ha-ha, I've got your soul. So they could own a soul, maybe, but I don't think they can mm. have a soul. Because they could just right. be programmed to, to laugh. That's easy. Yes. They do it all the time. This, this is probably a real good game, and we're probably just hanging shit Sorry, up yeah. for no good reason. We should reason. probably get it. We should probably make a point of getting it <laughs> and apologizing to whoever made it. Yeah. <laughs> just- it was just because it was an anime Japanese of game. Lucy, the eternity she wished for, coming up on the site. All right, deal. <laughs> yep. I should do it Injure. too because I think I was the worst. <laughs> we should speed run it. Yeah. <laughs> We're sorry. We'll, we'll sorry. definitely play that. Yep. I've also been uh, playing some more Picross 3D, and that yep. that game still got a hold of me in a puzzle way. Um, How are puzzle- you playing it? Are you playing it on the 3DS? I am playing on it on the phone. Yep, on the 3DS. Ah. Which is good to touch screen on the bottom. It doesn't like the top screen doesn't really do anything. It's literally a single screen game. It could have been a phone game. Yep. But it ain't. That's good. I really like that. You should try it if you if you like puzzle games. If you ever get a three DS, I Do I they ever get one? Hmm, I recommend Picross. I had 3D. a quick look. I don't think JB Hi Fi is selling them anymore. I hear that they're not that they've been a little bit hard to get and it's not sure whether they're stopped making them because of the switch or whether it's because it's just a a post-Christmas thing. I think there's a world of difference between someone that wants to cart a tablet around and someone that wants to, you know, cart like a phone-ish sized handheld around. Yes. Well, um, Reggie Fizeme, see, oh, see what I did there. I've been practicing <laughs> yeah, all week. You have uh, gazumped our uh, fully informatic segment. Oh, yeah, I did. But anyway, we'll go back to it. We'll, we'll talk about it then. Anyway, but I've been practicing all week. 
fees me, fees me, no, fees me, fees me. Right. Uh, Reggie fees me. Reggie, as I like to call him. Mm. Um, the register. The register. Ah, man. The register. <laughs> <laughs> I dare you just call him that if you ever meet him. No, he's um, big. No, no, he's huge. Um, he has come out and said that someone, I think, asked him a question about like whether it's the end of the 3DS. And he's like, no, 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 we're going to have 3DS is a different pillar. We're still going to run the 3DS. We're still going to have games for it, but we're also having the Switch, which is completely right. the opposite thing of what I thought the Switch was going to be. Mm. But on that- Trying on to our, merge the product lines. Yeah. But uh, on our Switch news, uh, a hot Switch update is that I've canceled my pre-order for the Switch. Really? Did I talk you out yeah. of it? No, no. I was thinking the other day that, that there were a whole bunch of Wii U games that I haven't played because I don't have a Wii U. And, it, yes. and it's probably better use of my money to get a Wii U and the, and for a console that's actually got games and play those games because mm. apparently there's some actually quite good games. I've got Bayonetta 2 sitting there, but I don't have a console to play it on. And mm. they've got all the, the Mario games were great and it was a great version of Mario Kart. And Zelda Twilight Princess is coming out for the Wii U anyway. So I figured... Twilight right. Princess or... No, I'm um, yet again saying things, they're coming out of my mouth and they're not correct. Words uh, no, are coming the, out. The Breath of the Wild is what I That's meant. It. I also haven't played Twilight Princess, so I could very well play that as well. And then my sentence would still make sense. I don't mind Twilight Princess, actually, but it was a very divisive game. Mm. Divisive? Divisive. Oh. Did it have lots of devices? No, it didn't really have many at all, actually. Okay. Um, a little bit darker than the other Zeldas. Maybe that's why I liked it. That was the real looking Link. Like, not the not, not the cel-shaded Wind Waker yeah. version. I like Wind Waker as well. If you take, like, the HD version they release looks good, but even if you take the GameCube version and put it on the Dolphin emulator, it still looks pretty good. Yeah, like, that was, that's was that been one of my favourite looking and playing Zelda games was Wind Waker. Mm. Yeah, no, it was great. Just uh, maybe not the flat. sneaking. Yeah, the sneaking part at the start was probably a mistake. It was a little bit slow. And there was a little too much boating towards the end, but I think they fixed that in mm. the HD version. They did. I remember a lot of boating. I didn't mind the boating. It was relaxing. Yeah. Yeah. Right up until the point where you have to. I mean, I made it worse for myself because I went and, and tried to do all the extra stuff as well. Yeah. So it was just boat as far as the eye could see. I even got a Game Boy SP uh, connector cable and connected my Game Boy SP to oh, the yeah. thing and then Tingle. went to. Yes. And then went to the island and hung out with Tingle. Me and, mm. me and Tings was, was hanging out getting yep. gems and shit. <laughs> that wasn't really helpful in the game. It was just no. something I did. No, well, I, when I pulled out my GameCube um, the other day, I saw Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles there. Oh, the bucket I remember game. The, we, the bucket game. We could use the GameCube, the uh, Game Boy Advance as, for con- as controllers for that. Yeah, I think you can do that um, in the new Mario Kart as well. You can use the Game Boy, uh, sorry, the 3DSs as controllers. Mm. I think looking back, that just means you just get a shit controller because I remember that... It was a lot harder to control Crystal Chronicles. Yeah, the, well, completely. Um, yeah. I would prefer an analog stick rather than a little tiny D-pad. Yeah. Well, the 3DSs have an analog stick, but it's not a, a great analog stick. It kind of slides from side to side rather than kind of has a fulcrum where it can rotate around. And I can imagine mm. that uh, any heavy use... I always feel like I'm going to snap it off if I'm, if I'm too hard with it. Yeah. But yeah. I haven't ever heard anyone snapping one off. It's just a concern I have. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, I don't know how we, how we got there, but I'd played some Picross 3D. I also uh, just still plodding along with Titanfall. Um, oh, yeah. 
I've created some uh, semi-informatic networks. So there's one for the PS4 and there's one for the PC. So if you want some extra bonus experience while you're playing multiplayer, join the semi-informatic network and you get five extra credits between 9 p.m. and 10 p.m., which is generally I have never played Titanfall 2 multiplayer, but I might now. Yeah, you should join the network. I might even record the first time that I play it and put it up on the site. Yeah, you can be the only person who's on the network at the moment on the PC because I don't have the PC version, but I created the network right. anyway. I told Chris to join, yeah, but he, I don't think he's done it yet. Right, he just he just doesn't know how. No, he doesn't want right. those sweet extra points. No, quite happy to grind along. Quite happy. Um, and yes, yeah, so Titanfall still clicking along. I've kind of been playing some Street Fighter Four. I did that for Friday Night Fights this week. And I decided to start with Street Fighter Four because I didn't have Street Fighter Five on the PC, and I don't have my capture shit sorted out for the PS4 yet. So mm. I started with Street Fighter Four, and I've chosen Ken as my character that I'm going to learn how to play and learn how to do some combos and things. Uh, so the first episode was just me without any of that training, just going and seeing how far I could get and seeing how I was, and you know, had my little struggles. I can imagine how being able to chain together a 12-hit combo would be handy in certain times when I'm only mm. getting like a two to four hit. I do know like really, really small combos and things and trying to get the specials off with the D-pad is also a little bit hard, but you know, I'm getting there. I'll, we might check in with Street Fighter 4 in a couple of weeks and see how I'm going. Okay. And uh, last night I was actually going through and just kind of trying to remember which games I had and hadn't played. And on the hadn't played list, I wrote down Doom, but then thought, Oh, hang on a second, I can actually play that tonight, and then I can put it on the games that I have played list. So mm. I've been playing a little bit more Doom. I played a bunch last night, and I just got to Hell. So I think I've ah. done the first couple of missions in Hell, but I haven't finished that level yet. Yeah. So, and how are you finding it? It's good. I really, really enjoy it. Um, the actual, like, when you're shutting down the filtration system of the of the Hell juice, can't remember what yes. they call it, it's kind of funny because the voice is saying, oh, you know, we're using this for really important things, and you probably just shut this down properly. And Doom just kind of looks on one side of the field and then just kicks it and breaks it. He goes, no, what are you doing? Stop. And then you just end up breaking him. I think I, I don't mm. think he's too happy with the ways I'm shutting down his systems. No, well, it's the just shortest route to um, an outcome for the Doom guy, I think. There's bad shit going on and I'm just trying to fix it. Mm. I still haven't finished the game either. I'm still on the last level, but I haven't had a chance to get back to it yet. We will leave that till later on, I guess. Not enough puzzles in Doom, obviously. Yeah. All right. Well, that's what we've been doing this week. Mm. It's been a kind of a packed week. We had, we did some other stuff. We on, I think it's worth talking about the other game that we played. We both played yes. together. Uh, actually, there's two. First one is Overcooked, which was my yes. first time playing that, and I immediately went home and bought it and installed it. And my wife and I have also been playing it a little bit. I thought you so, would have played it with your son and shouted at him. No, he was in the pool. All oh, right. Um, you own a pool now. It's an inflatable pool. It's. Uh, oh, right. I, I just threw the word pool out there, and it's. And I, and I realized it sounded all lardy da, but it's. It's literally mm. an inflatable pool. I was thinking of doing something similar here for the hot days, and then just getting a gazebo from Bunnings, like an awning gazebo, and just putting it over the top of it, and just sitting yeah, and it, it there. And just getting a little like a flotation thing, and then just floating around in your pool. Yeah, having a drink, I'd, enjoying yourself. Trying to figure out how to stop it from getting punctured, and then I thought I might just buy like a canvas tarp and put it over the ground, and then put the pool on top of that. But yeah, I haven't really got around to that yet. Yeah, we've got a bunch of foam workout mats. So we've oh, yeah. got a five by five workout mat area that we've just then, then put the pool on. But that's not going to stop it mm. getting punched by a cat. A so cat? I'm not, sh- I'm not sure whether your cat will 
try and oh, right. scratch no, the she side will, of it. She will stay far away from that. Because it is water? She, yeah, she actually um, she managed to coax a grasshopper inside this evening <laughs> and chased it around the house. I couldn't get it off her before she ate it, and then she proceeded to throw it up in five different locations all around the house. Awesome. Um, How'd she get it in? It's like, hey, grasshopper, you want to see something special? I've got something special inside. Oh, she just scared it in, I think. And I was sitting at my PC trying to record the witness, and she was running around my feet chasing it. So then she threw up under my wife's desk out in the hallway. She goes, hey, I've got another puzzle for you to fix. Yeah. (laughs) Then she threw up the grasshopper's head under my desk, and I almost threw up cleaning that up. Grasshopper's head couldn't be that big. Yeah, I know, but still it was kind of just sitting there glistening in a very Resident Evil 7 type way. <laughs> in cat vomit. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, that that was my evening tonight. Uh, so, yeah, Overcooked. Very fun. Mm. I, I, it's actually I, local multiplayer games, great local multiplayer games, have started to make a, a little bit of a comeback, and yeah. I don't often get the chance to, to play them that often, especially with mm. four people and... Think about local mo- multiplayer games as sort of something that needs to be expressed when they're suppressed on like the consoles. They're going to express themselves somewhere else, and it seems to be that that indie PC games and indie console games are where they're starting to express themselves now. Yeah, and that's a really good one because I know that a local multiplayer game is good when I start just yelling at everyone else because I'm so mm. into the game and I really want to win, and everyone's not listening to what I'm saying and we're losing because of it. Well, that's space team. That's my excuse. Oh, yes, Space Team. Yeah. Um, we should probably explain the premise of the game if people aren't familiar, is that you are all cooks, um, and we won't go into the story because it's a surprise, it'll be a spoiler, and you have to prepare meals for people, and uh, you have to run around the kitchen and perform certain tasks, but you end up getting in each other's way, and tasks that need to be done for things to um, to move forward don't ever end up getting done for whatever good reason. Uh, and as a result, uh, your score can be lower or higher, and you're chasing those three stars. Yeah, so it seems simple having to make onion soup, but in order to make onion soup, you need three onions. You need to cut the three onions. You need to put the three onions into the pot. You need to cook the, the three onions in the pot for a short amount of time until the little green bar's done. Then you have to plate up that onion soup and then serve the onion soup, and then you have to wash the dish that comes back. And there's not only onion soup that needs to be done, there's tomato soup and then there's mushroom soup and then there's hamburgers which are infinitely harder because you have to process the meat before you put it in the pan and then there's buns mm. flying around and these and the meals come thick and fast and it gets a bit hectic yeah although i guess processing the meat isn't much different from cutting up the the onions it's just a i guess a rebranding of a task yeah but it's it's something that is added to the process because you also have to then cut up the onion, mm. sorry, the lettuce and the, the tomato lettuce. and the buns. and but No, but you don't have to cut the buns, and so you end up putting a bun on a plate, and then you need to add them. It's It sounds simple, but it's not. Mm. But it's really good. In the, in the vein of good cooking games, like Cook, Serve, Delicious. Uh, cook, Serve, Delicious, and what was the other one? Oh, no, I'm thinking of Surgeon Simulator, which is definitely not cooking, oh, yeah. but it's the no. same type of thing. Doing multiple that's, things at the same that's time. Stabbing, stabbing someone in the brain with a scalpel repeatedly while trying to get get something out of there. Yeah, while you're driving in the back of an ambulance. Mm. Uh, I, while, you're, while you're doing brain surgery in an ambulance, I have no idea. Because it's very important. It's because the brain's about to expire. Right. My wife and I played the level that is on the split trucks. Mm. And that's a super fun game because I kept on falling off the trucks. Because I thought I could, <laughs> I could actually boost across the gap. I've been playing too much Titanfall and thought 
that that was a possible thing and it's not. So I ended up most of my time on the road. But it's actually hard because they do structure it quite cleverly in a way that you have to have things set up ready to drag across one side of the truck to the other before they split again. So it's a matter of, okay, the trucks are split, we have to prepare, and now we have to trade sides and move things across. It's really cleverly designed mm. game. It's a shame you can't throw things to each other across the gap. No, I tried that as well and lost some things. Right. They just rolled off the truck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and also there was a time where we were cooking on one side of the truck and both of us were trapped on the other side of the truck and our meals were about to catch on fire. So I had the fire extinguisher and I was squirting it across the truck from one side to the <laughs> does other. That, does that work? No, it doesn't. I tried. Right. I was trying my best. You have to be close to the truck. Yes. Uh, so that was Overcooked, which is a good fun game. You should get it if you've got a couple of people mm. around. It's really fun. And the last game we played, which I think it is worth mentioning is that we went to a driving range and did some driving, golf driving, because my hands have blisters on them now. I thought you were going to talk about Bloody Raw Primal Fury. Oh, we played that as well. We've been we've done a lot of gaming. Mm. No, I was talking about golf driving, where yep. we went to a driving range, hide some balls, hide some clubs, yep. and smack some balls around. I made the mistake of just getting 90 balls and... People obviously felt, because I go to the driving range, I'm not going to say often, but every now and then, so 90 is usually what I go through, but people made the mistake, I guess, of following me, or I made the mistake of not saying, now look, you might want to get less than 90 because you get blisters really easily the first time. Yeah, I didn't know any of that, and I would have been fine if I had got gloves. I probably would have invested in a pair of $10 gloves just so I could not get blisters. I almost bought 120 balls just to one-up you. and right. Usually with golfers, golf, it's one glove on the left hand. Well, then I've got blisters on both hands. That's how much non-manual labor I do as a person that just I've got a blister in a spot. I should never get a blister on my finger. Mm. Because no, I don't think either of us are manual labor people. No, I've got calluses on the very tips of my fingers from playing guitar, but that's about it. They're not Yep. They're not hardened, tradey hands. No, well, soon they're going to be calloused everywhere. Callous golf hands, if we do it again. Yep. Maybe we can re- review yep. the next Mario Golf out on a golf course over <laughs> over nine holes. I would say, yeah, if we, if we don't get kicked off the golf course. I'm sure they wouldn't. They're fine. You pay mm. your money, you get the little yeah. ride on. Did they have a uh, their golf buggies? Where's this, sorry, when I played golf? Yeah. They had the carts you could drive around, but we, we just walked it. Oh, okay. The people behind us had that, so they were always catching up to us. Uh, you should have asked them for a lift. Yeah, maybe. So, yeah, we played that, and we also played Bloody Raw. Which, yeah, which was GameCube game. A fighting game on the GameCube, yes. And that, it's, it, oh, look, I'm going to say it held up well. It held up well from what I yeah. remembered. It moves a lot faster than I remember it moving. Yeah, it does. And I'm sure given an, an hour or so of playing it, I would probably be a little bit better at it. But, you know, some of the controls kind of came back to me. And yeah. the, I, actually, I still don't understand why you wouldn't just switch to beast form all the time. I'm not sure if there's a timer and, and that runs out. There is. Is there? Okay. Because I, I didn't seem to mm. really notice it. But that was a that was a fun one. I do remember we played a lot of it because we didn't have very many other games on the GameCube. No, we had that and Wave Race and Sonic Adventure Battle 2. <laughs> and there's a very good reason why we played a lot of Wave Race. Mm. Two good reasons because it's a pretty good game. And yep. also we didn't have very many other good things. Yeah. I played some Wave Race uh, this week just to see what it was like and it was frustrating. <laughs> Did it also hold up? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I hadn't played an awful lot of it. And I think it might actually be like a te- like Mike was always better at it than us. And I think it might be a technical game. I need to pull the manual out and actually have a look. Um, yeah. 
and see what's going on. The water effects still look really good for the for the GameCube. Do you um, have the memory card with all of Mike's high scores on it that you you still have to beat? No, no, I don't. I really? can't. I'm lo- missing. I'm missing one of one of my memory cards. Oh, I've got my Resident it. Evil one, my Resident Evil zero, my Animal Crossing one because it's a US Animal Crossing, I think. Don't uh, go back to that soul- Animal Crossing because there will be no. so many weeds. They'll be just picking up weeds. I've got my Soul Calibur two um, one because we imported Soul Calibur two from yep. Japan when it came out. And so it needed a, a specific format memory card. Yeah. Damn so it. those are all the memory cards I've got, and none of them have Mike's Wave Race data on it. Damn it. That's probably worth some money to Mike. Probably. Hold it ransom for him. All right. So we did end up getting a fair amount of gaming done, which is kind of surprising. More than I thought. Maybe I didn't need to play Doom last night. That was fun. No. Uh, all right. We're going to move on to our weekly topics. Uh, the first topic we've got is on game music because uh, Seeker's mm. just released a bunch of their soundtracks for free streaming on Spotify. There are actually more game soundtracks than I thought on Spotify. I thought this was a rarity type thing, but there are heaps of game soundtracks on on Spotify already. But it's good that uh, someone like Seeker are streaming out a bunch of soundtracks that you wouldn't necessarily get to hear. Uh, there's Outrun... Jet Set Radio, Virtual Fighter, Super Hang On, Shinobi, Skies of Arcadia. There's also Nights to Dreams, the um, oh, yes. the old Dreamcast game. Skies of Arcadia is a fantastic game. Yeah, and um, it has like so, big big ass flying pirate ship battles. So I spent a lot of this week listening to Jet Set Radio because I haven't heard that soundtrack in a while, and it was a really good game. I used to have it on Dreamcast. I've never played Jet Set Radio, but I own it on Steam, so I might play it for a review. Yeah, I'm not sure what the, the site. not sure what the port's like on there. But oh, I loaded it up and it looks pretty good. It controls pretty okay, well. Okay, great. The only thing I don't know about is whether the music's the same. Oh, uh, of, you yeah. Know, did it did did it have licensed tracks or anything like that? No, I don't think so. No, no okay. the soundtrack. Well, then the we're soundtrack, then we're probably fine. Uh, I don't think it was licensed, but who knows? It, you can now compare it. You can now pull up the soundtrack that was streaming on Spotify and compare it to the music that plays in the game. If we're going to jump in quickly for a very quick letting off Steam, the reviews for Jet Set Radio on yep. Steam. G Turntable, a negative review. Hey, wait, wait, stop, 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 stop. wait, wait, wait. Letting off Steam. No, it's, it's only a small letting off Steam because we'll do the proper one later. But G Turntable with 0.1 hours. I haven't punched that into my calculator to see how long that is. His negative review is, I haven't played this, but it's probably really bad. He actually admits he hasn't played it. Yeah, but he's still got 0.1 hours on record. Yeah. Maybe he launched it, went to get a drink, came back, jumped in, went nut. Maybe I should turn it off. Mm. Well, you know, I, I always put reviews up when I've got 0.1 hours on a game because I think I've seen enough of it. Yeah, That's it. Six minutes, apparently. <laughs> it is just enough time to get a drink. Mm. All right. So, yeah, uh, Jet Set Radio, that's been f- some fun. Uh, but it actually got me thinking about game music because I generally go in waves of listening to game music. Sometimes I'm really into it and then sometimes I'm not into it. And I generally seem, mm. I, I actually find it seems to be in the summer months, my music listening changes to a little bit more electronic, a little bit more hip hop. And then in winter, I kind of go back to rock and blues. I don't know what it is. Just the. You're sitting next to the fire, open fireplace listening to Houses of the Holy. Yeah, that. Hmm. But um, yeah, so I've kind of started to delve back into video game soundtrack. And one place I always start when I delve back into video game soundtracks is the Res soundtrack because it is my yeah. my gold standard of game and music and game and music intertwined. 
And I mm. just, it, that has always been an album that I can just listen to regardless of time. It's, it's, and it, and it is really far away from what I normally listen to in music, but it, it's got one of my favorite game songs on it, which is uh, Fear, the Adam Freeland song, which is in Area 5. Fear is the mind killer. It's yes. got really good glitchy bass and it's got really kind of beautiful high pitched, but almost robotic vocals and it's got good scratching and good beat and it just fits so well with the game but also it just I just love listening to the song mm. but then I, I, um, I kind of go oh yeah that's my favourite track but then another one of the Res tracks will capture my fancy yeah well that whole Res thing it was was it it was Sega Sega gave um, yeah was Re- Res was Sega wasn't it yep yeah they so they <laughs> They assembled a team comprised almost entirely of artists and musicians, gave them a couple of programmers, and said, go make a game. And Res is what sort of came out of that. So yeah, there's actually- sort of no, no doubt that the, whole, or that the whole thing is sort of very focused on the artistry rather than, I, I guess, it's got gameplay, but it's kind of in service of the, of the visuals and the music. Yeah, but that's not to say that the gameplay is kind of secondary because it is fun. No. But there is a mode in the game- where there's no chance of you dying. No, no fail state. It's just kind of cruising mode where you can just listen to the music and go and attack things and enjoy the visuals mm. and enjoy the the music. My favourite level in that game is the boss that's made out of blocks and it just changes shape and it eventually turns into like a guy that's running after you. Or, yeah. You know, a, sort of a giant the first one or the second one. spins. Uh, yeah, that's the second or, second or the third one, I think. The okay. first one is the... Um, the sort of the, oh, spinning, the big rotating thing, yep. Yeah, that has sort of like green arms that come out and shoot things yeah. at you. Mm. That also makes another appearance in Area 5, I think. Mm. I saw another thing this week. It's old. It's 2015, but Sega released a promotional video for when uh, Daytona USA came out on Xbox Live and PlayStation Network, and they yeah. had the composer um, sort of get up and play some Daytona and kind of sing along. He's encouraging mm. people to, to sing along to the, all the Daytona tracks when they're playing. On was he singing along while he was playing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fun to watch the screen because he's obviously not paying attention and smashing into the walls and everything. <laughs> um, he was he was pushing the fact that there's a karaoke mode in Daytona. Is there for the Xbox? Yeah, where you can sing four of the <laughs> four of the Daytona tracks. Awesome. You should have to but sing, the- and then if if you're good at singing, they just they give you a boost or something. You get extra speed. Yeah, well, there you go. That's that's your million-dollar video game idea right there. But the last half of the video is him doing a studio performance of the Daytona title track, which is burned into my brain yeah. after spending a lot of time in, like, pool halls and bowling mm. at, at, you know, alleys and things like that. Um, it's been, what, the, 20... broken gear stick. Yes. 20 years odd since that game came out, at least. Yeah. And he still can belt it out. He still sounds really good. <laughs> And he's really getting into it as well. He's gesturing at the camera and throwing little sort of lyrics that aren't in there every now and then in. (laughs) He's just scatting in the Daytona soundtrack. There is scat at the start of the Daytona soundtrack. Awesome. I need to go back and listen to the Daytona soundtrack. Mm. Maybe I should get the Xbox Live version and then I can do the karaoke version. Then you can do the (laughs) karaoke. There is a video around of the Res Beta version of the game. And oh, yeah. it's actually got different tracks on all the areas. So, I mean, there's 
Born Slippy by Underworld is one of the tracks, and I think there's an Aphex Twin track in there, oh, cool. and there's a Chemical Brothers track and on one of the areas as well. So you can kind of see where they got their inspiration for all the tracks. Mm. And then I don't know whether it was a, a licensing thing or whether they just decided that, you know what, this game deserves original music. I know I um, I saw a video where Danny Elfman and a bunch of other composers were talking and they said they absolutely hate it when a director comes to them with temporary music already in the movie because yeah. then they, they just want them to write something kind of like that but far enough away so they don't get sued. Yeah, and it's really hard to get that out of your head too. Like if you're editing, mm. editing to a particular piece of music and then go, well, actually- I can't afford the $120,000 for that piece of music for the usage that I need it for to then try and find something else. It's always, it's it never works. Mm. So there's, there's Res, um, another one, another soundtrack I really like and I actually went out and bought just after I bought the game was the Hotline Miami soundtrack because mm. that was- That was an interesting one. It was a dirty, sleazy soundtrack that was. Mm. It was more of a curated thing rather than a sort of a, a commission thing is that he went yeah. and found people who had already done already existing music and asked if he could use it for the game. Yeah, and it worked. It was pretty good. It did. It's music you want to beat someone with a pipe with. Whilst wearing a chicken mask. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of soundtracks that you can say that. No. Although I've got one that's close, which is the Frozen Synapse soundtrack by Nervous Test Pilot, who's also mm-hmm. one of the developers of Frozen Synapse, and he's pretty big in the chiptune community. He goes under other names. Nervous Test Pilot is his name that sort of is more electronic than chip tuny, but yep. gee, he can, he can belt out the electronica like you wouldn't believe. There's a bunch of really good tracks on both Frozen Synapse and Frozen Synapse Red, which was the expansion. And even if you want to go and get uh, some of his other work that is a little bit more uh, chip tuny, it's it's all good stuff, and I can't say enough good things about um, about him, especially since he answers my dumb questions about uh, vocoders <laughs> on, on our Twitter when I ask him. I'll have to check him out then. Um, yep. Does he do authentic 8 and 16-bit chip tunes, or does he do music that just sounds like chip tunes? Because I know that there's, I think he's, there's two different ways, like one's kind of certain. I'm not sure. I think he does the stuff that sounds like it, because he talks a lot about using, uh, not Fruity Loops, what's the other one? Starts with A. Reaper, no, Abalon? Ab- Ableton? Ableton Live, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, so he talks a lot about using that. Um, you you can get sort of soft synths that emulate those chips, but I, I don't. How yeah. far down the the sort of the rabbit hole do you want to get? Of yeah, of, of re- accuracy. Whether you want to just yeah. bend the original chips and try to get the sounds out of them. Mm. Um, the other one is the Journey soundtrack by Austin Wintery. That's kind of classical music, but at the same time, sort of matches the flow of that game perfectly. That game has no dialogue. And it tells a story and the music is sort of a very important part of helping sort of evoke that story. And uh, yeah, so that was the first time I'd ever heard of Austin Wintery and he did a fantastic job with that and did a fantastic job with the Banner Saga and even did a fantastic job with Leisure Suit Larry Reloaded. I think it's Reloaded, isn't it? Yes. Um, uh, Leisure Suit Larry was a when I played the original version of Leisure Suit Larry, I remember uh, playing it at my uncle's house and he had his computer, his 486 set up so that the sound would go through his stereo system so it was like big and mm. loud and I oh okay and I do remember um recording the Leisure Suit Larry theme onto a cassette so I could play it elsewhere that theme Austin Wintery has now done with like a full 
I guess big band is probably the best term. It's not quite an orchestra, but yeah. there's a lot of brass in there. Kind of what that song would have sounded like if it had been recorded. Yeah, that's that's with, the perfect way that that song should be. Yeah. Kind of a bit um, loungy, some would say. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to men- briefly mention Unreal and Deus Ex, and specifically Alexander Brandon, who was kind of the king of the Unreal Engine music back in the days of Unreal Engine 1, because that was all, um, like, there were no, well, it, I guess it supported MP3s and stuff like that. But yeah. the, uh, the engine contained a, um, I guess a mod tracker is probably the best way of putting it, um, is that it supported the old music format that the Amiga and the Commodore 64 used, where people who couldn't afford to buy synths would take samples and use the power of those very early early computers to kind of bend them into um, tracks and sequences. Yeah. It gives it a very particular sound. And this guy, Alexander Brandon, is the guy wrote the Deus Ex theme, wrote all the music for Unreal. And if you get a chance, go back and listen to it because it's it's like it kind of just strikes this particular note in the way that sort of only sampled strings can, not not like yeah, synthesized yeah. strings. Yeah, what was I listening? To? I was listening to something today, and it was a game soundtrack that I can't honestly can't remember, but it was sampled drums not digitally created drums because you can hear the decay on the hi-hat and it just sounded a little bit more organic and just brings just a, an, an extra depth to it so it's not just a sound it's a beautiful kind of and it does feel natural this the unreal and deus ex soundtracks definitely sound synthy yep. but the way the mod trackers worked is that the cpus weren't powerful enough to produce the sound so they got a sample of the sound and then used it to apply an envelope to it and things like that yeah, so yeah yeah you you end up with something that sounds like synth, but sounds a little bit different, but different enough to be really interesting, like a game version of real life. Yeah, so the big thing everybody had when mod trackers were the rage was there was a pretty good version of the Axel Foley theme uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that sort of made its made made its way around. That was sort of the um, the sort of demo, I guess, for that sort of subculture. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the last one I was thinking of was. Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon, which because oh, yes. I was trying to find some game soundtracks to put on my iPod that I could play in the car that weren't big, long orchestral moody pieces, but were kind of songs and albums in their own right. And so I was having a look at Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon, and that's some kind of 80s ass soundtracking in a game. Um, I was mm. When I was actually playing the game, I was kind of bouncing between really loving this game because it evoked a really specific feel, but it was almost too self-referential, almost too knowledgeable about what it was doing. But if you kind Mm. of take away from that and you just listen to the soundtrack, it's cool. It sounds like it's from an old 80s action film. Yeah. I had never actually played Blood Dragon. I've got it, but I haven't quite got that far. It was pretty fun, although I did play it right off the back of playing Far Cry 3, so I could have been a little bit Far Cry'd out at that point. Mm. I haven't even finished Far Cry 3 yet, so... I got into the com- I got into the completionist mindset of it, where I had to you know get every base and oh, yeah. find every animal and craft everything, and that way leads to madness. Climb every tower, mm-hmm. do the Ubisoft thing. Yep. All right, so that's soundtracks. Unless you've oh no, hang on, I was going to talk about my favorite usage of music because I think it's worth talking mm. about not just full soundtracks of games, but actual just single tracks, which I thought was good. And the one that always stands out for me is in Saints Row the Third. The Bonnie Tyler track, Holding Out for a Hero, when mm. you're rushing to save Shandy at the end of the game. It's such mm-hmm. a great use of licensed material. It made you want to go faster and it made you want to get there before 
she died. And I did. I saved Shandy. Yeah. Well, that's that's what that game is sort of known for. I guess there's in Saints Row 3 and 4, that happens at least once in each game. So Saints Row 4 had the don't want to miss a thing as you're climbing up the, the oh, rocket. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it also and there's usually the sing-along in the car, which is the other in, important thing. They had Bismarcky in Saints Row 4. Yep. Where the where the villain ruins the the song halfway through as the characters yeah, yeah. in the car are singing along to it, yeah, they almost did music better than Grand Theft Auto did music, mm, or at least as good. Yeah, um, yeah, easy. So my one I thought was uh, a more recent one is that uh, Hitman, in regards to their use of music, they just have a very simple sort of drum and string arrangement mm. for when you finish your hit and you're tr- trying to make it to your target, but it, it's a very tense sort of loop. Uh, and so you're, you're at that stage. You're, you've killed somebody, and you're walking past guards, and you're hoping that nobody asks you <laughs> any questions or looks at you. And as you get closer and closer to one of the predefined exit points, whether it's a car or a boat or a helicopter or something, it just starts getting slowly louder and louder mm. and louder, right up until the point where you um, it sort of all hits when you get in the car and drive off, and it plays your little um, video. This is hey, you got out alive and managed to kill someone. Well done. Yeah, the points um, in that game where they activate certain just just levels and stings mm, of music is really, really good. Yeah, tense. Yeah. <laughs> really tense. And it's got to be hard to um, construct a track that works like that, that can hit on the exact point that you know mm, is going to, like, and you never know exactly where it's going to be, but it needs to be yep. ready to hit that sting when that happens. And it has to feel natural. It can't be jumpy. Yeah. And also when they build, they add extra instruments in as well. So you then need to figure out when do these instruments come in, how far away from the exit point. Yeah. And what happens if the player starts to walk walk away from the exit point? Yeah. Do you keep the music intensity to the same or do you wind it back or do you, do yeah. you take instruments out at that point? Um, the other one I had was Dead Rising, which is sort of burned into my memory for a couple of reasons, is that uh, anyone who's played Dead Rising knows about the convicts and their Jeep with the mounted gun in the central plaza. Um, I think even I know that and I haven't even played the game. Yeah. I think I've watched you play it. Yes, and uh, so they play uh, a track called Gone Guru by Lifeseeker, which is now on my sort of exercise playlist, but that track is absolutely burned into my head because the second you step out into that area, that music starts and you know that they're out there somewhere driving around and it's only a matter of time before you have to try to trick them to run into a tree or, <laughs> or hopefully shoot them before, shoot the driver before they get too close. Or Is that what you do um, while you're exercising? You try to get people to run into trees? Yeah, Try to avoid much. zombies? Yep. <laughs> One of the other guys I used to work with had an app that was like zombies are chasing you while you're running oh. exercise. Yeah, I do remember you something have- like that, that you would put mm. headphones in and you have to complete missions and run a certain distance to get away from mm. zombies. It was an interesting yeah. thought. Interesting idea. The yeah. other song in there is is Justified by Dre, which is uh, a suitably dumb ending credits song. I'm I'm sure they're all quite earnest in the song, but it kind of matches the sort of the cheesy B-grade zombie movie tone that Dead Rising has. Yeah, and I don't think we can get out of a, a favourite usage of music talk without, again, referencing the uh, Doom shotgun cock oh, yes. just as the track hits, which is another mm. perfectly timed piece of music. Yeah, another per- perfectly timed piece of dumb. <laughs> yeah. M- music can be dumb. I think music should be dumb. Yeah. Occasionally. Occasionally. So what's up next? All right, up next, uh, we're just going to run through this one quickly, but uh, because we've been doing a little bit of fighting game stuff on the site, Evo had their 2017 reveal show when they announced the games that are going to be played this year on the main stage. 
So the returning games from last year, they have Street Fighter V, Super Smash Bros. Melee, and also Super Smash Bros. for Wii U, because apparently Melee still has a really big community around it. They're still... Mm. They, some people consider that to be the pinnacle of the game, even though a lot of other people consider it to be very, very broken. But I think a lot of people yes. love it for its brokenness. And also Tekken 7 is coming back as well. If uh, I go to Evo, can I find people betting on international karate for the Commodore 64 in a hotel room somewhere? Apparently, you can find someone betting on any type of fighting game in a hotel room at any one point. So you should be able fantastic. to find your international karate. Excellent. I want to go just for the hotel betting scenes. So new to Evo is uh, Blaze Blue Central Fiction, uh, Gu- mm. Guilty Gear XR Rev 2, King Fighters 14, and Injustice 2. Injustice 2 is only going to be out in May, and I think Evo is in July, so it's pretty well-timed. They're going to hit with all the hype of Injustice, and so it's a pretty smart move on their behalf. Now, that's only eight games, and generally they have nine games. So what they're doing mm. with the ninth game is that they're going to- Wacko Wacko 7. Yep, it's going to be Wacko Wacko 7. You heard it here first. Fantastic. It's not even in the thing. Um, Shaq Fu featuring a special- um, Oh, God, I've forgotten his name. Sean Kemp. Sean Kemp. <laughs> yes. Yep. Or Masters of Tereskazi, maybe. Yep, feature- also featuring Sean Kemp. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, but what they're doing is they're having a voting system for the final place. So you can pay a dollar or you can pay whatever you want to donate. And mm. the donations will all go to Make-A-Wish Foundation, which is nice of them. But you can vote for any one of these games. Uh, Pokken Tournament, which is like a Pokemon fighting game that got released yep. for the Wii U. Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, which still hasn't hit mm. Australia yet. I'm not sure when that's coming out, but I'm still waiting for is it. Is that the one, the one that had, like, licensing issues, that there was not going to be a re-release? Or? Yeah, I think that was the one. I think people thought there were going to be licensing issues because the, the people weren't sure whether Marvel's, sorry, Capcom's Marvel license had run out or not. But they're mm. releasing uh, Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. And I think due to the fact that they're releasing that, they're re-releasing Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom 3. Right. And it's already out on the PS4 store in the States, but it hasn't been out here because of some ratings issue with online play, which they're fixing. And also you can vote for Killer Instincts, uh, Mortal Kombat XL, Skullgo's Second Encore, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, Nidhogg. Mm. Love me some Nidhogg. We did play a little bit of Nidhogg as well this week. Yep. Chucking, uh, chucking swords at each other. Yeah, and running away. Um, Arms, which is the new Switch weird fighting game that you played with the motion controllers. Okay. And Windjammers as well, which is kind Wind of a fighting jammers. game, I would think. Mm. It's a frisbee fighting half game. Fighting, half sport. Yeah. Half jamming, half wind. Which one of those do you think will end up getting up? I think it will be Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom 3. Mm. Kind of like the popular favorite, isn't it? Yeah, I think because of Infinite's impending release and also i think that there are a lot of people who really love the marvel versus capcom series and there's not one up in the top so the fighting game community wants to make a statement to marvel that that they're interested in more marvel versus capcom yeah but it is a weird game because it's brokers all hell and it's just Mm. there's things flying everywhere it's a phenomenal game to watch it's a crazy game to play and i'm not sure how you can get to a point where you can be good at it enough to be in a tournament because it's it seems to me like it's really broken and just totally insane. But that'd be a fun one to watch. Mm. I think I've got some old be. DVDs around somewhere which are Evo 2016 
which I might bring out and see what they've got on them. Right. Because I do remember buying the DVD set at one point. Yeah, mostly it's been YouTube videos for me. Ah, for Evo? Oh, just general fighting game community stuff. It's just a weird YouTube video. Like, there's that one of the guy who's fighting, uh, and he's up against Chun-Li. And he's fighting um, with Ken? Yeah, and she does her, like, really fast kick, and he blocks every single one of them when he's got no health left, and then he takes the guy out. Yeah, well, takes, so, takes Chun-Li out. so the impressive part about that video is not the fact that he blocks, but is that he parries every single attack. Which, oh, okay. instead of pulling back to block the attack, you actually have to push forward at the exact time that the attack hits. So he knows Chun Li's special so well that for each attack, he knows how many times and at what speed to attack forward because therefore he takes zero damage rather than chip damage. Oh, so he has skills to pay the bills. That's I can't even parry a single attack yet in that game, mm. and he can full parry a super. And that's just how you just know that, okay, he's pretty good. Hmm. That's probably why he's at why he's at a tournament. Yeah, well, earning monies for playing fighting games, mm. rather than spending monies playing fighting games. I think we're still in the spending money stage. Yeah, and we'll be a while there, a while until we get our fighting sticks, and then we we'll turn that mm. into fat cash or just more money or not. spending. Take it down to the arcade and challenge thirteen-year-olds. Yeah. Um. All right. So that's going to do it for the topics of the week, and now it's letting off steam. <laughs> Yay! Version 2. <laughs> we've, we've had the preview. This is the full release now. Yeah, this is the reprise. Mm. Um, so I had a good hard look at Resident Evil 7 reviews uh, this week. And so our first review is a positive review from Sknetti, who has 3.4 hours in Resident Evil. And his review is first 30 minutes in, last 30 minutes in. Which is a lie. Because he's got three point four hours. <laughs> obviously, obviously, he was um, he wasn't that scared by the first thirty minutes that he couldn't play it anymore. Yeah, I have got a lot of games where my first thirty minutes in has been my last thirty minutes in. Yep, for very reasons. It's not your first zero point one hours. In. Yeah, yeah. Um, so now we've got a negative uh, Resident Evil Seven review from Gravity Child with three point one hours in. No classic Resident Evil voice at startup. Zero out of ten would not recommend. And he's true, it is missing. It doesn't say this, the stupid Resident Evil thing at the start. It's like in EA games where they took out the EA Sports. Uh, it's in the it's game. It's in the game. EA yep. Sports. It's in the game. Oh, that was actually not a bad <laughs> representation of that. Um, there you go. Yeah. Your future voice acting career. Yeah, I, maybe I could bring it back. I could call um, EA and say, hey, look, I can probably do it for you. Yeah, the next one I looked at was Splinter Cell Chaos Theory because we've talked about getting back in and playing multiplayer mm. again. So I found a positive review from Special Agent Big Smoke. I'm not sure if that's a San Andreas <laughs> reference there. Or a drug um, reference. Yeah, well, if you've played San Andreas, it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah, um, true. 41.9 hours. Step the fuck down, Solid Snake, because this old man with green bulbs on his head will airfoil your ass to sleep and show you what the best stealth game of all time is. That's I would say that's yeah, a positive review. 41.9 hours. He better yeah. play like that game's like six hours long. He's yeah. probably put a lot of time into uh, into a multiplayer there. I don't think the single player campaign went for 41 no, hours. Definitely not. It's not not like Sam Fisher Skyrim. Or if they brought Michael Ironside back, I'd probably play for uh, sorry pay for Sam Fisher Skyrim. <laughs> Yeah, where well, you're choking out dragons. That's got to be difficult. Yeah. They've got very good hearing from what I understand. 
and they can see green lights that seem to be floating in midair. Oh, damn it. Oh, well. Back to the drawing board. The, yep, so here's a negative review for Splinter Cell Chaos Theory from Fatty Patty 4065. 2.5 hours. GTA rip of. <laughs> I'm not sure if he's trying to be funny or it's like a nine year old kid. <laughs> Probably. Or Fatty Patty 4065. I don't know. Mm. Um, and uh, the spelling mistake was theirs, not no yours. So. <laughs> no. I re- try to represent all spelling mistakes in Steam reviews as accurately as possible. Yeah. Um, so I've moved on to Overcooked since we played some Overcooked for the next one. Yeah. The first review is a positive review from Carl Nin, Dark Lord of Pinatas. 3.5 hours. Everyone has an inner Gordon Ramsay. Now is the time to release him. You did release your inner Gordon Ramsay. I did. I got everyone into check. Yep. I saw a video of Gordon Ramsay the other week, and he it was during one of his Kitchen Nightmare shows, and he had two pieces of bread, which he was holding up to this poor, unfortunate girl's face, like her head was a sandwich, and he was yelling at her, Repeat after me, I am a stupid sandwich. And she was going, I am a stupid sandwich. <laughs> I, don't yeah, how, that, I don't know how he managed to get like away work. from that. Workplace harassment or something like that. I think that's the very definition of workplace. I think in in workplace harassment courses, they should show you that video and say, yes. if this ever happens, then, chances are. And then have one of those big circles with a cross through it and like the <laughs> sound afterwards. <laughs> uh, so we've got a negative review of Overcooked now from Jlanave8. That's his name, apparently. Uh, 0.3 hours. This game sucks. No one buy it, and I want a refund. That's unfair. Maybe look, Jelanave Eight just doesn't have any friends to play it with. Mm. Well, he—I <laughs> was going to say he—he he makes a good point, but you know, if you really think about it, he doesn't. No. All right. Okay. Well, that's it that, for letting off steam. We've let off our fair share of steam now. Mm-hmm. We have. All right. And now it's time for fully informatic which is where we correct things that we've said incorrectly last week. And there there were surprisingly few that we picked up. I thought mm. last week would have been a veritable shit show of inaccuracies, but I think that- We're getting our basketball players straight. We're getting it, yeah. We're just, and we've, I've already corrected the first one, but I'm just going to go through it again. That um, mm. Reggie, the head of Nintendo America, his surname is pronounced Fizame. Fizame. Uh, not, not Phil's aim or Bazami or anything. Yep. It's Fizame. And, we'll, yep. and so I've learnt a lesson and I apologise to Reggie Fizame. I apologise to Reggie Fizame as well. <laughs> he could do the new EA Sports. <laughs> yes. <laughs> EA Sports. Fizame. See, now we've apologised and then we've just gone and made it worse straight away. <laughs> We didn't even leave any time nah. in between. <laughs> um, uh, so our next one's actually quite dangerous if we get it wrong, because John McAfee spent time in Belize and Guatemala, not Bolivia, as I said. Yeah. Uh, while in Belize, I believe he was accused of shooting and murdering his neighbour, in which case he fled to Guatemala and said some things about the Belize government. Yeah, sort of made me think that John McAfee isn't the type of guy you want to get on the wrong side of. He's escalated quite significantly from the uh, virus protection yep. business into just doing whatever the hell he wants. Mm. I have to wonder what working for him was like. 
yeah. in those virus protection days. Would you, would you like- be happy when he, when he fled to Belize, like when your boss leaves the office for yeah. a couple of days? <laughs> it seems like he's gone from virus protection to you're going to need some protection. From me. You pay some money. <laughs> All right, so that's oh, the full informatic for this week. It's kind of not mm. much. I'm sure we did some other things. Um, we're just going to jump in and just quickly touch on what we haven't been playing, what we didn't get around to playing while we were foolishly playing golf and me getting blisters on my hands and things. Mm. I've kind of fallen off Let It Die. I thought I was yeah. I was kind of really far into it and gone along, but I just dropped it for a bunch of things. I mean, no more still, Death Metals or Uncle Death? No, no more of any of those. So we'll see what happens this week, but you know, that's kind of been the one that I haven't been playing. Yep, sometimes you'd have to let it die. Yes. Uh-huh, I see what you did there. Nice. <laughs> Smooth. I don't think anyone noticed. I haven't been playing Elite Dangerous. It got too grindy and I fell into the witness. So my my spaceship has been mothballed for another month or so until I think, oh, I should play some Elite Dangerous. They did announce this week, though, that their next update will be like multi-crew ships. So you can get in a ship with all your friends and, you know, someone can take this console and someone can take that console. Yeah, right, okay. Um, Kind of like it's a little bit Star worrying Trek multiplayer online yeah. game. Yeah, but there are some roles, I guess, in the ship that aren't that fun. So I'd have to wonder. <laughs> You're sweeping like you today. Really, yeah, <laughs> You're cleaning the toilets. Um, Damn it! But they did say that you can do things like if you land on a planet, somebody takes the scarab, which is a little sort of moon rover thing out, uh, and someone else can stay in the ship and, and kind of follow them around and. You know, someone can then take off in a fighter jet that's being stored in the ship and fly around as well. So you can kind of do, I guess, do planetary missions that way. Okay. But it remains to be seen how get? they... I don't know yet. <laughs> I don't think I don't think they've said. Maybe three to four. Okay. Watch out next week for fully informatic when Anthony didn't read the press release properly. <laughs> like two. <laughs> one, one and a half. You just made the whole thing up. Still haven't finished Doom, stuck on the... Yeah. Well, not stuck, but just, just not playing the last level yet. Yeah. I thought about recording it for the site, but then I thought recording the last part of a game might be a dick move for people who haven't played it before. <laughs> Instead of a first contact, it's a last contact. Just spoils. Yeah. Final contact. There you go. That's pretty mm. much it. Um, not many releases of the week that we're interested in. Um, yeah, I don't even care about. Resident Evil 7 came out. Resident Evil 7. Although I think it released last week, but I wasn't paying attention to it then. Yeah, and if anyone's super into Resident Evil 7 or Resident Evil, you probably already know it. You probably have already got it. Mm. Um, also, there's uh, there's a video up on the side of us playing the first part of Resident Evil 7, if you're not sure. Yes. So go and watch it's, it. It's Anthony experiencing it straight out of the box, so to speak, mm. with not much experience. Do you get scared in there? Do you get In Resident Evil? Yeah, in your video. Are there any um, times <laughs> where you have to switch it off or look away? No, not sort of switch it off or look away, but there's one jump scare that that does get me. I put a video up for Eldritch, I think last week, and uh, I was sitting there looking at a monster that couldn't get to me and explaining what the monster was. (laughs) And then another one of those monsters that could get to me walked up right next to me, and I may have stacked (laughs) myself and ran away. So if you want to watch videos of me getting surprised by things in video games. The brilliance um, of live recording videos. Anything could happen. Yes. I think even in the in one of the um, the Seven Days to Die video, there's a zombie that's blending in quite well to the background that I almost ran run directly into at one stage. <laughs> so there's lots of videos on the side of me being scared by things. Yeah, I didn't have any where I was scared, but I during my Friday night fights live stream, 
last week, uh, my Xbox controller batteries went flat. So there was a weird, awkward section where I was scrambling for some new batteries. Lucky I had an mm. Xbox 360 controller sitting next to me as well. So I I stole them from there and I was quickly on my way before too many people noticed. Before you got specialed to death. Yeah, pretty much. Actually, the game smartly pauses itself. I thought I did it. Ah, but okay. I was- All right. Well, that's going to pretty much do it for us. Uh, coming up on the site this week, we've got a full posting schedule. I think mm. so. Some Elite Dangerous went up today. So if yep, you're into I think we some, promised it last week, but we eventually got there. Scraped through right at the last minute. Podcast, or you should be listening to this on a Tuesday, maybe even a Wednesday. Mm. We'll see. And whichever date this doesn't go up, we're going to put up the first episode of our Squared Circle Forward new series, which is us having a look at wrestling games. We're going to see how many wrestling games we can get through and just take a bit of a more in-depth look at, maybe not super in-depth, but just more than a cursory glance. Mm. Uh, then on Thursday, I think we've got a Dead Rising playthrough. Yeah, I, I went through the first part of Dead Rising and did my best to explain why the original Dead Rising game is great and the latest Dead Rising game is a featureless uh, sphere that will not hurt or inconvenience anyone. Yes, and perhaps later on this week or maybe next week we'll have to play that weird uh, Japanese game that we insulted earlier on and we'll definitely (laughs) do something about that. It's only five bucks I'm buying it for you. Actually, you should buy buy that for your wife. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, we're going to get you the witness, but then we insulted some people and then it went bad. Yep. Uh, the end result is that you that you have to play this visual novel. And then tell us what it's about. Maybe we can get her on the podcast next week and she can tell us about a visual novel. That wouldn't be a My good wife thing. was keen to appear on the podcast if we did something about The Long Dark or set or uh Don't Starve, but then when I finally told her what would actually happen to the audio that she recorded, she was suddenly less keen. What that it would be plastered out on the internet for everyone to yeah. hear. That's yeah. how podcast works generally. Mm. They're not for our own personal amusement. Well, not really. No. Uh, so there's that, and or maybe some Stardew Valley she can do. She seems to be yeah. into some Stardew Valley. Yeah, well, let's just see, shall we? All right. Um, oh. She's going to kill me for telling everybody how she's- much time she spent in Stardew Valley. <laughs> I'm sure it's only an hour. Let's just move on before you get yourself in trouble. Come on, move on, move on. Only an hour? Come on. You see, the <laughs> thing is, is that an- another guy on the internet that we um that we follow started playing it and I mentioned to her that he was playing it and she watched a video and said, Oh, he isn't even really that far in. He's like, you know, he's only in year three, he's nowhere. <laughs> so then she set out to prove that you can get a lot further. Um <laughs> in a shorter amount of time. Got, yeah, she's got two hundred and seventy four hours on record. Whoa. That's uh, nothing compared to Spelunky. One thousand one hundred and seventy nine hours. She has all the achievements in Spelunky except for one. Your wife is extremely good at Spelunky. Mm, regularly in the top 10 for the Daily Challenge. Although not as good as the, the guy that we watch on Twitch called Kinnajup, who currently holds about a dozen world records for Spelunky. Wow, okay. If you fall well down the rabbit hole of speedrunning and like you have mm. to learn this arcane language about how they class a speedrun, so it's like... They put percentage symbols everywhere to indicate that you haven't picked up any items or it's like a low item percent speed run or a low gold percent speed run or... Yeah. So, yeah, it gets pretty crazy. Yeah, we should check out Awesome Games Done Quick one day because they Yeah, they, they just recently cool... did a, a charity stream, I think. Hmm. And I think there was probably maybe a little bit of Spelunky played there, but they also speed run weird shit <laughs> that I would... Um, 
I would like to watch them. I watched some speedrun portal once. Do they do uh, proper speedruns or do they do glitch speedruns or both? Well, the Portal one was a glitch speed run, and it yep. was interesting because they start you in that glass cube in Portal, so that yeah. you, you, I guess they're, they're about to tutorialize you. Yeah. But what the guy does is he picks up a mug that's on the ground and repeatedly smacks it into the wall in a particular way while forcing himself and just eventually forces himself through the wall. Oh, wow, well, okay. Just breaking the system. <laughs> so there's, yeah, there's something I never knew that was in Portal that yeah. was interesting to see. Okay. A lot of that stuff is, huh, I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. Like the sliding and killing the big boos in Mario World or Super Mario 3 or something that got released a few weeks ago. Did you hear about the um, the Flappy Bird clone that was programmed into Mario? No. The idea is that if you glitch Mario World in a particular way, and I may be saying there may be a big fully informatic on this <laughs> next week. So if you, if you glitch it in a particular way, you can start entering data into memory. Okay. And so what this guy does is he does, and it's all about how you time jumps and how you do things and how you reset and how you do this. Yeah. This guy gets gets to a point where he can put things in memory using Yoshi and his eggs. Um, and then some Yoshi. other guy- I knew he was bad for everything. Yes, bad for everything. So this other guy gives him the codes needed to push a Flappy Bird clone in, into memory, coding it like assembly language instruction by assembly language instruction. Wow. Okay. Cool. This is not an emulator. This isn't tool assisted. This is Actually just on a, the NES, a, a SNES and a controller. That's amazing. It's great. There's a so, Flappy Bird clone inside Glimmerman Grove, which is the Frog Fractions 2 sequel. No, Frog Fractions sequel. Frog Fractions 2. Uh, where is Titanfall 2 in Frog Fractions 2? Could be. I haven't finished it yet, but really? there's a high chance it is. Uh, whereas the, um, the Flappy Bird clone is a take on Flappy Bird where you're using the After Dark toasters to go up and down through um, little holes and I think you're capturing breakfast items as you're going through. It's weird. That's a deep cut there, the After Dark toasters. Oh, yeah. I used to have that for my Mac, the After Mm. Dark screensaver series. I've got a Mac emulated at the moment for something coming up on the site, so maybe we'll put the After Dark toasters on I was going to say, can you emulate just screensavers? I I suppose you could. Yeah, well, it's, it's just emulating a Mac and System 7 at the moment, so whatever ran on a Mac runs on that. Fair enough. Awesome. Mm. I remember System 7. Anyway, let's not get too far down that well. Uh, on Friday, we've got another Friday Night Fights. Again, I'm not sure what it's going to be, but I'm sure I'll make up my Shaq mind. Yeah, most likely. And that's going to do it. Thank you for listening again to the Semicast. My name's David Shack. I'm with Anthony Murphy. Goodbye. See you later.